water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back to Bending the Elements, an Avatar podcast. Today on the show, we're going to be covering book one, chapter 11, The Great Divide. So sorry about the delay, folks. I know that there's been a little bit of a little bit of a hiatus, but that's on my end. That's that's all on me. My fault. Yeah, we had some plans for this episode. It didn't end up working out, but we're still here when we're still happy to be covering some avatar it's been a little while but this is one that for anyone who's listened to our uh, commentary for the last airbender yeah i was positive about my first viewing of it i was like yeah it was memorable i liked some of the animation choices and oh my goodness here oh wow okay yeah going back to it i feel like maybe i was uh something i was gonna try to to make a joke that i can't make on this podcast so it's uh it's it's involving uh illicit objects let's put it that yeah. way foreign substances yeah i was i was uh, i didn't sleep enough that day we'll go with that but but we'll see you know, i mean there's things to like things to okay but are you saying that in an animation aspect or in a story aspect um do you mean in the, th- the things to like y- yes like when you initially liked it or as of coming back around or rewatching it you're like are you still like not for the animation or are you not for the story? Hey, well, we'll save it for the podcast. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. Yeah. So also to uh, do the summary. Um, so we start this episode with Team Avatar still hanging out in the Earth Kingdom. This is, after all, uh, book one, uh, Earth Kingdom. <laughs> I mean, when are they going to get back to the water? Um, but um, <laughs> uh, tensions have grown between our pair of Water Tribe siblings. But well, Sokka and Katara find themselves in the midst of a divide of egos They also find themselves facing a divide of a different sort, for the group has arrived at the Great Divide, the largest canyon in the entire world. And while taking in the beauty of this geologic wonder, they come across two tribes of Earth Nation refugees. The Zhang and the Ganjin tribes have long been at odds due to some shared negative history, as well as differing outlooks on style and personal hygiene. All three of these groups are in the need of a guide to travel across the canyon, and there's only one guide present, Aang tries to play the role of a mediator and eventually convinces them to go together as a group. Team Avatar goes with them for some reason. Trials and tribulations meet them as giant spiders attack and the earthbending guide is taken out of commission. The two tribes point fingers at each other for causing the canyon crawlers to attack as the guide made it very clear that neither tribe should bring food into the canyon as it attracts the creatures. Sokka and Katara go to work to try and find the source of the conflict between the two groups and in doing so, not only do they discover that both tribes snuck food down, putting everyone at risk, but we also learn that the tensions began with two men from these villages, one named Jin Wei and the other named Wei Jin. And both groups have different accounts as to what transpired between these two men that we'll discuss when we get to it. Uh, the, the tensions reach open combat and Aang has to step in to stop the violence. But in doing so, he exposes their hidden food and brings the canyon crawlers out in full force. Aang uses Avatar smarts to turn the situation in their favor, 
and they use the spider dudes to carry them out to safety. Aang also uses Avatar smarts to trick the two tribes into coming to terms with each other, in a way so absurd that we'll save it for the end of the podcast. But that, in a leechy shell, is The Great Divide. Fast and loose with this one, everybody. Uh, you know the drill. We just get it to time sims here initially and press play it, ladies and gentlemen. Those in between and get uh, press play in three to one go. Sure. Yeah, here we go with the with the intro. As usual, we got to name some of these guys. Well, except for Azula there. We also got to name all those Firebender soldiers as well. By the way, I was dumb. Like when I rewatched uh, one of the episodes today, when Roku there is bending the Earth up, the the Earth actually stays there afterwards after the fact. Oh, that's interesting. I never noticed that. I don't know if I ever would have. Comes to show you how, like, you know, much you notice this again. Whistler's son, uh, when you rewatch this <laughs> oh. intro over and over and over again. Yeah, maybe we'll, yeah, who knows what we'll discover. Hidden in and there. I still have not yet, like, I guess I was just, like, having a bad sleep. Because I kept saying that there were flashbacks after this. Or not flashbacks, but always, like, previously ons. But there hasn't been yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was wrong on that so far. I thought like after uh, the episode eight, they were going to do that, but they haven't yet. Mm. Um, I like the opening title card where Jeremy's on or, and his, his track team kind of go with, go on a, I forget which stringed instrument it's called. It's Chinese instrument, but they go on a, they go on a little riff there and I wish they continued it. It feels like an incomplete riff. Huh? Yeah, I don't think I noticed that piece of music. I gotta put my headphones in here. <laughs> uh, but one of the first things I noticed coming back to this episode is that, yeah, I may have liked the animation the first time around when I watched this, but yeah, immediately Katara's face, just something about it just looks a little off. <laughs> you know who it is? Oh, is it my my buddies again? It's your, it's your DR movie buddies. <laughs> oh, my best buds. They returned again, yep. getting more work, a couple of hacks. Your best buds. <laughs> No, they're not hacks. I just don't like their cartoony style. Well, fair enough. <laughs> they're too cartoony style for pit's sakes. Let's, let's go here. Too cartoony. Yes. Oh, but yeah, Katara and, and Sokka, they're kind of having a pretty dumb argument. I mean, what does it really come down to? It's oh. the great tent debate. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, yeah. excuse me, the great tarp debate. That's what it is. Where do you put your tarp? On bottom and then the or on, uh, on underneath the tent or above the tent? Um, do, do you, do you want, do you want to go into this or no? <laughs> What's there? I, I, cause, I mean, cause I, I, I watched this and I immediately was like, Oh, I got, I got something here. Like I, hey, go I ahead. totally got some. Okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so I don't tent often, although I like camping. I love camping. So what, but between what Katara and soccer are saying, um, was it, was it Katara saying, uh, Katara's arguing that you don't put your tent up because in their situation in context, they're in a desert area where it's not going to snow and it's the dry or snow uh, rain. It's called water again. Um, and they wouldn't have to put their tarp on top because there's no, uh, 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 yeah, above the tent because there's no water that's going to come out. One, you're wrong because it's a desert and deserts have a knack for flooding and, or at least <laughs> raining a lot uh, at night. Keep that in mind. When there's no sun, the clouds can per uh, precipitate. Anyway, and then Sokka's like to keep the ground warm. He's kind of right in that, like, 
no like again the ground actually does get colder because sand conducts so like if there's no heat then the sand becomes cold so you could thus say like oh well it's gonna get cold so maybe toys might be on right in that part but i say get two tarps or cut each tarp in half cut one tarp in half if you have to if it's a big one and then put them on both on uh the bottom and one on the top because that way you're this is mostly for if it rains that way the bottom part of your tent is dry ish or at least becomes absorbed by the tent or the tarp excuse me and then you put one above your tarp tent uh to make sure that uh rain doesn't come down and you also have to make sure uh you do this properly as well with the tarp above the tent because you have to angle it so that all the rainwater uh that's coming down even if the rain is going on like coming at a sideways angle and it's like a violent storm uh Yes, part of your tent will still get wet, but at least like the top part of it, all the rainwater and water will splash down away from where your your tent is um, and away from it. And I'd say like you'd also angle the, not even angle, but you keep the, the tarp away, maybe about like five centimeters away so that like between like where the end of the tarp is and where the tent is. So that way, like the when the waterfall comes down of rain or whatever it is, um, it goes away from both the bottom tarp and the tent. And you'd also need a leveler for this because you, you, it, it does matter where the tent is, uh, what angle it is on. You always want to go like on an incline. So, and people mostly do that. So you'll get a leveler, put it on the ground and then find like where the best part to put the tent is and where the, maybe not even e- even, but where the uh, uneven part is and then put it there so that all the rainwater and water itself will like rush down, down the hill instead. Or on a surface where it's above, uh, and then you don't have to worry about that, but still angle your t- above tarp downward. So you're saying that basically you're not Mr. Uh, lazy Bum. You put all the work in. <laughs> oh, like, I'm a bum. Trust me there. But, like, I mean, the other thing is you what you what if you really want to do this, you get, like, you, you measure how big your tent is, or you get the dimensions of your tent. Uh, mostly, like, the, not the 3D parts parts but like the length and the width of it not the height or the depth um and you get like a big piece of like flat board i don't know like a, a one by one or something like that not even that and then you get some cinder blocks maybe like eight or ten of them and you stick those down there then you slap that plywood above on the uh, above these cinder blocks and then you could put your tent rest your tent on there if you wanted to really and still put your top on there if you want and then you would you know not have to worry about if there's rainwater uh, if you're in a particularly marshy area well Sokka take notes take notes <laughs> again they're in a desert part and this is mostly in like the northwest well American northwest but we're not the American northwest uh this is mostly in the Canadian southwest part of the area so where we get mostly rain I guess this would occur the same if it's snow but that's a completely different things oh that's, that's fair and i guess uh, to, to maybe i don't know back up soccer with like katara and the twig thing it's like yeah, a couple of twigs yeah you need kindling yes but it's like i don't know like do you have logs and how are you starting that fire as well by the way uh yeah, I guess Aang doesn't have the firebending stuff down, so... <laughs> I mean, they'd have to... I guess they're rubbing two sticks together, perhaps, and then Aang will just, like, you know, use his air to amplify uh, oh, yeah, and augment yeah. whatever, like, sparks, sparks in the yeah. are there. Potentially, I don't know. So, 
again, fake firebending with the use of air. Again, air can almost do everything. <laughs> Keep that in mind because it can like augment fire. It could sort of lift boulders and it could probably do stuff to water. So there you go. Air's the best element. Yeah, no, air definitely is the best. Yeah, Aang was, uh, Aang was certainly uh, stating what I was thinking the whole entire time because I forgot about this episode and like at least individual parts of the episode. And he's just like, these two are arguing. Why don't you guys just switch jobs? It's a logical thing. And that's exactly what they do. Yeah, and then he's pretty proud of it too. He's like, hey, this is, you know, the job of the Avatar. I got this crap down. Yep. And faster than you could say, I, I sense this is going to be an egg in your face. Uh, Oppa and Momo are feuding over what looks to be a watermelon type uh, fruit. Yeah, and then he, he cuts the baby in half, but it's not full half. So, you know, I mean. No, he cuts like one quarter of it off, maybe even one fifth. Yeah, but for, for proportional to their body weight, you know, it's a fair uh, a fair divide, if you Papa's will. Papa's got five stomachs there, bud. <laughs> well, that's fair. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe he actually messed that up. Yeah, that was the first sign of his uh, struggles with his Avatar duties uh, this episode around. <laughs> yeah, tooting his own horn and feeling a little pr- proud of himself. getting Showing some pride there for a 12-year-old. Oh, sorry, 112-year-old. <laughs> Oh, but after that little bit of uh, kind of setup for the theme of the episode, at the very least. And his slogan for this one. Yeah, and then we uh, immediately show up at the, the canyon side. Yeah, the uh, Grand Canyon. I mean, Great Divide. Yeah, and this very prissy looking, uh, snooty kind of man shows up. Well, all of a sudden, uh, yeah, so they see it and Sokka's just like, yeah, that's a, that's enough for me. Because uh, like, Katara's like, well, just look at it forever and... That's Sokka is basically everybody in the fandom uh, for this episode. <laughs> and after that, the episode ends and we go on to episode 12. But before that happens, uh, before they leave, get to leave, Robin shows up. Like Robin Hood or? No, no, no. So basically this is uh, this scout here. Um, this uh, Zhang scout here is uh, played by uh, one Scott Melvin who went on to do the voice of Robin uh, in the show Teen Titans. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and he also went to do the Winter Soldier in uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which is hilarious. Another sidekick character. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Was he good in that that role? Uh, I don't remember it at all. Fair I enough. I remember him more <laughs> mostly as Robin rather than this. Hmm. Yeah, and in this, I mean, he doesn't have much of a chance to shine. This this guy and his whole tribe are very uh, up their own rears, as it were. Well, but man, how could you say that? As Katara mentions, he's a refugee. You can't you can't say that about refugees. Yeah, and, and they're very well manicured for refugees. Yeah, I guess they're recent refugees. Yeah, there might be snobbish refugees, but like they're still refugees after the fact. Yeah, and of course after. And he's immediately rude to them as strangers too, for no reason. <laughs> he's just very. Wait, very... did I say Zhang tribe? Oops, I guess I got that wrong. Oh yeah, he's the yeah Ganjin. Yeah, never mind. That's he's right. uh, he's yeah, he's a Ganjin tribe. Whoops, Melgan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all good. I mean, it's you know, not not the best names, but but yeah. Then we uh yeah then the the Zhang show up with this uh, lady with the uh, I can't remember what her name is. With the big bear they head. They don't have, I don't think they have names. I think just the leader of those Zhangs. The matriarch, I guess. Big bear head and that massive. It's almost like a cleaver type blade, but not quite a cleaver. It looks like a buster blade almost in a way. Makes you think of the Final Fantasy um, 
seven. Yes, clouds, clouds, Buster Sword. I think it was seven. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's literally it. Mm. Uh, and it also makes me think of Buster Blader's weapon from Yu Gi Oh. But if you if you look at what 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 is this? This is uh, at like three forty. Good grief. Um, she's got what obviously is animal skin. It looks like one of the either that's a bear, a monkey, a combination of both, or it's one of those monkey wolves from um jet that were trapped oh it could be could be kind of maybe i could be wrong on that yeah i thought that was kind of a gross uh, little battle adornment or whatever it's not even she's not even going to battle i guess that's just her style no that's <laughs> just like you know it's her pelt like yeah they, they obviously come from a place that uh they, they they live closer to the wilderness than probably these waijing folks live and thus they probably have to for for clothing they need animal furs that's that's a common thing in in real life so i, I don't see a problem with that yeah that's fair oh and uh, uh, ganjin i'll just say ganjin <laughs> sorry mulligan second mulligan <laughs> oh but yeah we get their little bit of initial conflict which it's really surface it's literally lines like oh you Zhangs, you're so messy and ill-prepared yeah, the other person's like you, Ganjin. You're too organized, and I don't know what <laughs> lame or something. <laughs> to quote TV tropes, it's snobs versus slobs, basically. Yep, yep. It's yeah, real hollow stuff. <laughs> hollow stuff. <laughs> I kind of wish that. So they have they have Robin here. Um, the other tribe has Robin here, but I wish they had. Uh, I wish the Zangs had uh, uh, like their their version of Robin. Because we only get like we get two people out of one tribe and only one person out of the other, so wish they had at least one other representative. But whatever. Yeah, and I, I know exactly who the rep- representative should be. I'm currently paused at uh, four twelve, and the the direct left of the scene or the screen, there's some guy with a super long beard, and it's um, tied into his belt for some reason. Oh, what the hey? Nice. <laughs> like, what? Why is that? Why is that under his belt? That's that's certainly uh, that, that, that's certainly eye pleasing. So or eye catching. So that that'd be the perfect person to do so. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's him. Who knows? Oh, but yeah. So the the earth bending uh, guy shows up and he's like, "Okay, uh, who's going to come with me on my little tour tour of the Great Divide here?" And the rest of the the Ganjin aren't there, and so our kind of messy buddies progress forward they show up immediately afterwards and uh their leader is odo from star trek who will not reappear in this series in the future oh really oh okay hmm. i thought he did come back but um <laughs> uh, what, what which uh where was odo from was he deep space nine or was he yeah deep space nine yeah yeah and we also saw him in um justice league oh yeah right as um crud what was he yeah the giant green lantern head guy <laughs> yes that's right yeah no forgot about that <laughs> yeah almost about the same around the same time sort well this is 2005 that's 2001 so never mind yeah like yeah. three years <laughs> so, yeah four years still yeah so what's the conflict between these two here once the the groups show up is it just well right well, well, well so far they also are bringing up the fact that so they both show up uh, and they're all going to go, but initially the um, the conflict is they have one side has uh, is it old people, and the other has uh, sick chill, uh, sick people, and 
they're not coming to terms. They just want to argue, 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 because I guess that's just, you know, what they like to do. And then guitar is just like, yo, Aang, peacemaking skills. Remember what you said before about how you're, you know, uh, you, well, you're, you're, you're by your nature, you have to be a peacemaker. Well, guess what? Uh, you're going to announce it to everybody that you're going to settle this matter. Mm. Yeah. And just like his old, uh, his technique with Appa and, um, well, I guess it's, I guess it's not quite the same. <laughs> not but with it's, I guess this one's a little bit more of a different cause we, we had, you know, you guys switch jobs. Uh, you guys have your half, you have your half. Now it's kind of worked together. Well, this is true, but for the, immediate uh problem there with the whole well we have women and children or i keep saying women and children i want to keep saying that no we have <laughs> old people and sick people uh what, who do we uh who should take precedence beforehand he's just like okay here's what we're gonna do we're all walking through the grand canyon great divide whatever it's called and i'm gonna put all your old and sick people on top of appa and he's gonna go to the other side and we have no idea what happens during that we don't even know. Like, I wish there was a. There's probably a fan fiction of this, but we don't know if anybody throws uh, each other off the saddle. <laughs> Who even knows? Or if they get caught by, uh, an, an <laughs> they get caught by a Fire Nation troop that led by uh, Captain Zolt or whatever they call them, <laughs> Lightning Bolt Zolt, Light, Lightning Bolt Zolt's dad, <laughs> um, the unseen character. Um, we have no idea, but they just they just go on Oppa. And he yip yips off, and we don't even see him. Not even at the end. Spoilers. <laughs> and then, of course, Sokka also has to question: Aang, should we really get involved? Yeah, he's just like these guys seem like silly people. Like maybe we shouldn't. Uh, maybe we should just take off and get out of here. <laughs> this seems like a very trivial matter. I don't know if we should do that or not. <laughs> yeah, and trivial, trivial is definitely the uh, the name of the game for this episode. Uh, <laughs> upon reviewing reviewing oh um but yeah so i guess appa takes off and then we uh the guide announces because they're all going to go together now i guess ang uh sorted that out as well he's like everybody have your last uh last meal everybody eat up your dinner because we uh can't bring it in the canyon so we get some shots of the their different eating preferences <laughs> one's eating by bare hand the other's using chopsticks yeah, one's got kind of small, nice-looking food. The other one has like, uh, what would you call it? <laughs> like the Homer's or uh, not, not Homer Simpson um, from uh, the Flintstones. Oh, Fred, Fred Flintstone. There you go. Yeah. With, like, oh, like big, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Typical drumsticks, basically. <laughs> yeah. Cartoonish basically. drumsticks, not like the ones that you would have at Thanksgiving. I I wish it was an actual like ice cream drumsticks. Those things are really good. Yeah, those aren't too bad. That's true. I wouldn't eat my own like actual drumstick because that's disgusting, and I wouldn't be able to like eat that with my teeth. Uh oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, literal drumstick. I thought you were making some sort of yeah, little uh, like drum stick, some sort of coded reference. I wasn't understanding of. Yeah, yeah that was but... very coded for a percussion instrument that you use sticks to uh, 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 make music with, play notes with, or make rhythms with. Oh, but uh, once they're done their their little meal there, we actually progress into the the Great Divide Canyon, and uh, you know there's some nice animation here compared to uh, some of the stuff we've had previously in this episode. So I can I can give it that at least. Oh, praising to your movie, interesting. Yeah, they, they, some of the like really long landscape shots where you see far out into the Great Divide look pretty. 
but yeah, the immediate stuff, uh, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is, but. Interesting that the guide says that folks want information. Uh, I guess, uh, I guess he's referring to the great divide itself and you know, what, what it's all about. Uh, do you mean uh, like for the theme or, or what do you I, mean? I, I feel like he's trying to like, that's trying, they're, they're trying to like the writers are trying to put the theme out there for with what the guide's saying maybe i don't know um but you know he he says this and i'm just like okay well if if it's based off of the real life grand canyon this was formed by water being above sea level i believe and carving being the entire like this that area being water cutted or water shedded basically and eroded by or and weather, excuse me, for millions and millions of years, I believe, and that's how it looks, and it's beautiful, it's wonderful, it's just another reason why the earth and the environment and weather is so cool, and what it can do uh, yep. over the process of time. Um, but no, he's saying like these were, what was it? It was all created by was it earth spirits who were angry at local farmers who didn't give them a proper sacrifice. <laughs> and then a bunch of like a landslide literally just happens and i'm just like i feel like the guy set that up like he literally just initiated that oh he probably did yeah yep. and then he's like oh yeah i hope you all brought sacrifices and it's just like what does that even mean uh, uh, he's asking I, for tips that's his uh that's probably <laughs> it he's asking for tips because he doesn't get paid for this but then i literally went on a tangent as well i'm gonna go off on a tangent as well for the whole idea of a sacrifice okay so Maybe I'm wrong on this. Uh, it depends. It varies from religion to mythology, but a sacrifice, at least the way I've seen it now, or at least I've come to understand it, at least in my definition, is it's not so much this the item or whatever it is you're sacrificing. Like it's not a baby, or it's not like food or an object. It's literally the willingness to give up um, an item or whatever that's controlling your life. Like if you're, if you have more attention to like a, some, a certain thing or whatever, the, the deity, the God, whomever it is, wants you to sacrifice that, um, as a test to see if you, if you have the conviction and, or if you're willing to like, you know, g give something up for a cause, if that makes any sense. Yep. Yep. Okay. Just. And, and and so I'm I, I was just like I hope you all brought like a sacrifice. I'm like I th I don't think the earth spirits would want like I, I I don't know how often they actually want the item itself. As I mean there are there that does exist in certain media's and religions and mythologies. But I think in this case it's a test. It's a, it's a it's a secret test of character. Like the spirits themselves can almost read a person and say I know exactly what you're addicted to or addicted to dependent on or, or what you're devoted to so I want you to, to sacrifice that thing which you're devoted to uh, to show me that you have you're willing to give up what you want and then I'll let you pass or something like that again completely off topic but that was just like <laughs> that one thing just made me think of something yeah that's fair I mean I just took that little offhanded line as maybe that's just a little bit of superstition it probably is that but then we also get this as soon as they reach the bottom of this, um, what is it called? Crosshair, but um, not zigzag, but whatever it's called. Um, 
straight back no it's not straight back but whatever type of trail it's called where like yeah. those zigzag instead um he smashes the takes like a boulder and smashes the bridge or the the walkway he made with the raw earth out of the side of the mountain and then that just also sent me to like why did you do that because you basically open a drawer like everybody has a drawer right they they put their clothes or other accessories in right you open a drawer and you see like yeah that holds all your stuff right well there's empty space in there right now like where you just open the drawer there's empty space so if you put something back in there with the drawer still open that means and you push it back and you you can't do anymore because there's no more empty space right so he didn't even need to do that he could have just stuck the earth back in there because he already unless like part of the earth caved in afterwards so he could have just easily like put the earth back if that makes any sense yeah this guy he likes to be a little bit flashy he likes to that's uh, fair kind of uh wow his uh his audience captive audience yeah make it a lot of smoke it created a lot of smoke from that um which kind of was a bad thing because all of a sudden from behind the smoke as a canyon crawler yeah maybe if it wasn't like maybe he would have been able to see it coming and they could have uh avoided it but could have avoided all this and he wouldn't have i don't know like oh who knows broke his arm or something like that yep barely uh, so we have a fight scene barely survived Something like that. And yeah, we get a very anime kind of looking uh, shot when Sokka throws his boomerang. Oh, yeah. No, very, um, very Japanese animated ish. And yeah, this fight's kind of funny. Where where the where the boomerang came back, I have no idea because he has it later. Spoilers. Um, we don't see it come back, which is it's kind of irks me because it's like, well, it's a, it's a returning boomerang. That's literally what it's called. So it's like I, I, I would assume he wants it back. So like or where'd he grab it but whatever and then we yeah, have we we see Katara do some water whipping and then Aang just like you know smacks a bunch of air at him and then creates a tornado and literally just like again Hercules styles just tosses him up the mountain and it goes away yeah that was kind of cool yeah, very cool yeah yeah then we then we see the guy laid out all pathetically <laughs> yeah okay. and uh yeah both arms are broken and he's like I got no bending my arms don't work can trapped in canyon uh which you know two things here one later on katara knows how to heal and i'm pretty sure she knows how to heal somehow with her water bending she can use it to wound or, or sorry repair broken bones i i think just make them a little bit better i i think i don't know and uh two boomy later on at least in the day of the black sun demonstrates that uh you don't need just your your arms or body motions to use earth bending or to bend in general oh yeah as he uses his entire face when stuck inside that like metallic coffin above the girth well i mean maybe this maybe this guy isn't that uh i mean he's flashy but maybe he doesn't really know what he's doing that much yeah who knows but that's just helping the episode (laughs) that's true i will say um when we get to when we cut for the commercial break and then like at around like 901 859 we see we, we, we see like a um, what is it a, a panning shot downward I don't know if that's I don't know what the shots called my bad um, but it goes from up to down and we see like part of the canyon wall that they came down right yep um, we see the part where it had all the rubble <laughs> by the way Um that's kind of cool. Like where the trail that he made the, the bridge to cross and then he shot a rock at it. There, there was a bunch of rubble there. I kind of like that detail. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, who knows? Maybe, 
by him throwing that rock, it maybe have awakened the canyon crawler. Who knows? Yeah, there's there's quite a bit of camera movement going on here. Like you said, there is that panning shot, and immediately after that, we pan up to uh, Sokka. But right before the break, we got kind of like the Hitchcockian push and pull on Aang. Yeah. So they're yeah, they're they're playing around with with this episode a little more. Uh, if people don't like this episode, they can at least say they did some camera techniques. I don't know if that saves. No. Episode or not. <laughs> no, definitely doesn't. Uh, but yeah, immediately the the two group of children just go back to uh, biting at each other again. Feud and just and mudslinging and name calling all continue. Yeah. Like <laughs> just all about the characters. These people wear their emotions on their on their arms or on their sleeves. Uh, I guess maybe even proudly. Who knows? Oh yeah, definitely proudly. But like you said, they only have like one representative each, basically. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just those two with all the other people standing like completely still in the background. It's like, oh boy. Yep. Just there as as props to say like, oh yeah, we're part of the tribe, and none of them like share their what it means, like what what this feud has meant done to them. We don't even get any like say intermediate party or, or members where they're just like, yeah, I don't, I'm not really for this uh, feud and whatnot, but it certainly has affected my worldview <laughs> and or it's affected my lifestyle. Cause it's always about like, cause our, our patriot maker matriarch, if we're just going with both sides are just obsessed with this and it's all, we're, we're drilled this, uh, we're drilled into this the entire time and we can't really have any identity other than that. No, they don't go into any of that. Yeah, maybe that would have been too dark or taken too much time. Oh, yeah, no, it would have been, could have been a two-parter. You could have almost had it that way. Heck, you could have had this almost be, not to go right to the end, but they could have just had this be a two-parter where, like, you feel, you you almost feel trapped with these people and you want to, like, I guess they're annoying enough as it is. Yeah. Maybe they, they plan that where it's like, this is going to be a two-parter episode and they're like, oh, yeah, we could have these, like, two feuding tribes and we could, like, really explore um just what like a hundred years we'll play with a hundred year idea and we'll, we'll explore what that really means for these two tribes and then they wrote themselves in a, maybe in a quarter but then they realize this is gonna just be like them mostly like hating each other but again they could have gone into maybe like you know what each individual person or at least a select few characters feel about like their their respective tribes um maybe the pros like i'm proud that i I hate these this other tribe. It, it it is my identity, and the other side is just like, well, I don't like that because, or another party member is like, I don't like that uh, because it's all it is, and I don't have any other identity other than that, and I want to branch out. Yeah, that anything would have been nice, really. <laughs> Who knows? But then, what does Aang do? He does the old Scooby Doo trick and is like, uh, we'll split up. Yeah, conveniently, there's like a big split between the little area that they're in. So legitimately, he just jumps on top. He's like, "You go this way, you go that way. I don't want to have to deal with your crap." And then he sends Katara and Sokka um, to different tribes to follow them and uh, get some info. Which, yeah, you know, not a terrible idea. Hopefully, they're not influenced by either one and take a side, because that would be bad. <laughs> oh, and also, as for the tour guide, he's uh, lost his mind. Yeah. <laughs> He's completely going bananas, thinking that he's going to be part of the future. <laughs> now that's kind of fun. I do really enjoy that. He just, he just turns into like, yeah, blubbering moron. But <laughs> yeah, and they're walking quite a ways apart from each other. You'd figure, like, if we know these big spider things are around, 
maybe we shouldn't split up like this, but yeah, what do they, uh, what do they look like as well? So they're, 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 they're canyon crawl. They're not spiders because they only have four limbs. Not that's limbs. true. That's true. Um, but they, they have fur on them as well. They have pelts on the back. I forget what the term. I think they, I want to say there's some wolf, uh, 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 what is it? Features on them. Maybe. Um, but it's mostly just a giant, like insectoid arachnid type creature with just fur on it. So yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. And they have that, like, I was going to say a mullet on them, but it's not quite right. <laughs> it's just the way the fur fur is. Yeah. Um, but their pattern is, yeah. So we cut to, uh, we cut to evening and Sokka and Katara with their respective groups trying to figure out, I would, I would say sunset. Pardon me for saying, well, that's fair. I mean, when I'm, I'm watching, uh, currently Katara eating with the, uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. The, uh, Ganjin, but because both have a moment where I guess sets up and bring, brings back as, as a setup as a, as a, a, a tent being set up almost. Um, they were setting up their tents and I guess pay off to a joke, a, a setup of a joke. Maybe, I don't know. This is the punchline of the Zhongs are the, the slobs and they put their tarps on the bottom of the tent because they're like, it's not dry season. And Sokka lights up to this and it's just like, that's what I've been saying the entire time. And then on the other side of the, uh, what are they called again? Uh, the, the, the Ganjin or the Zhangs? The, the Ganjin, thank you. The Ganjins um, with Katara, uh, they put their tarps above uh, because they're like, you never know when it's going to rain. And Katara doesn't even say anything. She just gives this like pretty smile. And that's pretty, that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, pretty much. And then it comes evening and or like, you know, the nighttime. Yeah, and that's when we get the real, everyone breaks out their little bits of, uh, I don't know what kind of food that is, little... I don't know, bread balls or something. Buns, bread, whatever you want to call it. And they just all start eating. Yeah, and then uh, they tell the epic story of when the conflict began. <laughs> well, that and they also just like, well, they have stupid reasoning for it. It's like, well, if th- those Jangs were going to bring food, so we should have brought food ourselves. Yep, whatever kind of uh, bowl that they can kind of pull to uh, convince themselves that they're in the right. <sighs> Which, I mean, I'd, I'd slap them all if I could. Like, <laughs> give them a, excuse me give them a verbal beat down because they're i think they're in the wrong but anyway let's, let's as for the uh the 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 story the story that um because katara then inquires you know what's the history here what's going on with this yep and um this little piece of animation seeing uh i think this is wei jin that they start with i believe so yeah jin wei jin wei jin wei yeah, and we'll discuss that later. The two, uh, the two names, but yeah, um, yeah. This animation is the stuff that I remember quite liking when I watched this initially. <laughs> yeah, I-, I could see that. Yeah, even though the the it's kind of played silly and it is silly, I just kind of liked how it looked, so I enjoyed. I that. like how pristine he looks. His face looks like it literally has like gloss over it. <laughs> yep, and the colors are pretty. It's so funny because the um. <laughs> The story is almost like journey to the west. <laughs> Let's go to like the east to the west. That's probably that's, they're probably desperate for that. But anyway, and it's Jin Wei who steals the orb from him as he like tries to go from the east gate to the west gate. Yeah, was there? I can't remember what the reason was why they had to take the orb from. Um, I guess it was just a duty, or it was like a, a tradition. Tradition. No, I think they said it was like some sort of sacred, sacred. Uh, 
tasks that he was he was supposed to do. Yeah, something like that. But like you said, Jinwei showed up. I think they were actually like intentionally um, obscure about what the details were because this whole story is kind of BS. Other than like uh, Jinwei himself comes in and just smacks it out of his hands and takes it for himself. Yep. And then leaves. With a very mischievous look. And again, they're played up <laughs> very uh, anime looking. And I just think it's a cool And cool sinister look. looking. <laughs> and sinister looking, yeah. Very one-sided, if, if you all can tell. Yeah, and clearly it's very much painting or uh, hurting uh, Rene Abjanois to uh, relay this story here. Yeah. And Katara immediately looks back like, oh, wow, I hate those guys now that I heard Gives this story. a disgusted look uh, at the other campsite, which is in, like, maybe not within earshot, but was within an eyeshot of each other. Probably no more than, like, I don't know, like, five meters from each other. Maybe more than that. Yeah, and that look is the transition for the, the viewpoint of the show, too, to go over to their camp. And yep. And Sokka. You get their side of the story. Yeah, they take out the food, and Sokka doesn't even seem to care. He's like, oh, food, great. <laughs> well, I'll give him this because the matriarch herself um, says that you probably think that we're, we're bad for uh, for smuggling in food, which she actually almost has a okay. Then she she has a almost a good point, um, but goes back into the same argument as the the, the, the other tribe in that she she could have they, they could have all not, especially if they live out in the wilderness. Maybe they're used to not having a lot of food. They could have had the moral high ground here and a point within the argument of not having food down here and then uh, c- somehow catching the the, uh, their, their other tribe, the opposing tribe, for, hey, you guys brought food. Uh, you guys are clearly in the wrong. We have the moral high ground. Um, but they didn't. They then just were like, oh, yeah, we're just going to bring food instead because we can't, we can't just starve for a day, which I, I guess I get that, but still. Yeah, they they do that whole uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, if they think we're so bad, we might as well be. Yeah, we'll stoop to their level. It's just like that's 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 really stupid. You just lost the argument. Like you're dumb. Like you're you're just dumb. You, yeah, you could have literally won the argument right there, but you didn't anyway. Whatever. Um, and then just again, because Sokka's not even listening, just <laughs> starts blabbering on about like you know their the history of what happened between these two tribes. Yeah, and I, I appreciate the style of this one too, but um, oh, it's Weijin. Never mind these names. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's that, that sounds really sorry. That sounds really bad for the if I'm insulting a culture. My bad. It's just like they're very they're very similar. That's why. Oh, they're the exact name. They're the same myth, really. Just to reverse just, somehow. Yeah. I would be surprised if it was it, it whatever really happened. If it was just like one person. Yeah, they were once the same tribe, and then maybe. Wei Jin or Jin Wei was their representative supposed to deliver the orb. Yeah. And he messed up and yeah, just split the tribe in two somehow. So, but that's not this story. This story, um, in almost a, what was it called? What was that uh, video game called? And almost, I'm not going to say it looks like maybe oh. it's a, I can't say it's a, a shout out to FLCL, but, um, kind of reminds me of, uh, what's that? I want to keep saying Sunset Overdrive. It's not that. It's um. Let me see. I gotta find it. Jet Set Radio. Yes, it was Jet Set Radio. Okay, that was the one I was thinking of. Mm. Even though it might not be it. No, I could. I can definitely see the style similarities. Absolutely. Yeah. 
but I do, and I like how it kind of like it's got kind of a choppy style to the the narrative to it. Oh, it certainly does. Yeah, I think that stuff's all cool, and that's definitely the stuff that that drew me to this episode the first time around. I guess somehow I just ignored all the bad parts and just enjoyed. yeah. I think this is also DR movie still. Uh, hey, maybe this works for them. The more like yeah, a little more experimental style, uh, exaggerated animations are good for yeah. them. But yeah, it's definitely more of a childish sounding story than that. And some of it gets a little expressionist too. Yeah. He gets locked up. Yeah. yeah. And even when like the other guy just feels, or when the other guy is pleading like, on his hands and knees, uh, oh, yeah. just like, no, you got to take the sacred orb. He, he literally looks just very expression full. And of course, Sokka has the same reaction uh, as uh, his sister uh, mirrored in a way. A dirty look to the other campsite. Yep. Yeah, incredibly simplistic. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, just, just say a couple words and immediately it turns you. And poor Aang's sitting from, a, again, from ages away. Like, why is he so far away? Yeah, from he's him? at least maybe either like half a cloner away or... Yeah, what if he gets attacked? <laughs> he's on his own. I mean, what? well, either that or he's looking over them to make sure they all don't get attacked. Who knows? Yeah, at least he can get to them fast. But he's, uh, you know, he's 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 kind of uh, monologuing with opening up to Momo and just being like, "Yeah, it's, it sucks that these two are fighting, but I can and that we're trapped down here. But I can't wait for us to get out of here and have some lychee nuts." Right when Momo shows <laughs> that he's a lemur first and not a vegetarian second, and eats a bug. <laughs> yeah, Momo doesn't care. He's just blinking, kind of, uh, kind of dully. But hey, he offers some to Aang, and he's like, no thanks. Yeah, I think that I thought that was cute. I love that little bit. Which is nice. But no no moss for Aang. Yeah, there are things to like in this episode. Things to like. <laughs> uh, that's another one there, I guess. Still wondering what's happening with Appa. Who knows? Yeah, he's just waiting at this point at the other end. Like, oh, one of those guys. Dastardly Captain Zoltz after him again. Who knows? Oh, but coming to the next day, the, the group's finally come back together well before that the um what the guide kind of instills an idea into Aang that maybe these two tribes feud is not uh unrelated yeah that's true i feel like that's a setup for something yeah sets the seeds for the big deception of this episode yes perhaps but anyway oh but yes then i guess their their little canyon that they were walking through their own little tiny canyon joins (laughs) back up and yeah, now there's a name for that. I remember. Yeah, now that uh, our two water tribe buddies are back together, they're immediately at each other again. So Ang goes and asks them the scoop for the information. What's the what? What's kind of tea has been boiling between these two? And um, well, let's just say it was to no avail because now we have sympathizers <laughs> for either side. Yeah, the new representatives. <laughs> You might as well shut up the other two now. They can just do all the talking for them. But, but, here's the problem. So they, they, they go native, basically, air quotes, on both sides. Um, they, they take either side. And they have this one conflict of, like, be- between the two of them and the Aang. But that's it. That's all we get. Like that, that's, that's literally like they, we don't see them ever bicker again other than like their, their natural bickering. And you could also point out like, oh, maybe because they're naturally bickering, um, 
the or because they're brother sister, they'll that will trans or bleed into um their feelings for these people, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean we we see them joining in the big yelling at each other uh match. Kind of uh but I mean when the two tribes are yelling at each other. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's about it. I guess there's that too, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, and then Aang, because yeah, they I guess once they've gotten back together, now that they've kind of relived their, I guess tribal traumas. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to put it. Just oh hey, I see the guy. Sorry, I, I'm I'm at like what is it? Oh, the beard guy. <laughs> my my six. I'm sixteen eleven, and I see the guy you're talking about. Where he has this long. He looks like Uncle Iroh. He almost has the face of Uncle <laughs> Iroh, and he has long hair, and then his beard goes all the way down to his what looks like his belt. Um, or part of his shirt, I have no idea. But yeah, that guy would totally have been like the second in command. Yeah, but it'd be totally normal if the beard went past his belt. But it's the fact that it's tucked into the belt that's the weird. That's <laughs> hey, that's that's eye catching. I'll say that. I feel like it would restrict motion with your head, but <laughs> so they get they get to they get to the end of the what seems to be the Great Divide, and then they're they're at the wall, and obviously, well, okay, the Earthbender can't bend the Earth, and I don't know if we're gonna put Aang in the Avatar state to. Since he doesn't know how to do that, um, the Avatar Spear, I think. No, it was the Avatar State. Um, we don't just for him to like make up. Uh, what is it? A path to get up there. Where's that? Where's that? Uh, where's that Air Bison whistle that he had beforehand a few episodes ago to call up to like you know become an elevator? Oh yeah. Like where was that? Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. That could have you know been useful, but whatever. Oh, but he tries to uh, kind of quell the the burning rage between these two groups. But yeah, they settle on no words aren't going to solve this. We just need to. Do they basically want to kill the other side, like genocide each other, or? Well, but well, as as Aang said before, uh, another payoff of well, not even payoff, but like the, yeah, they pay off of harsh words won't solve problems. Action will. Which comes to bite Aang in the rear pretty hard. Yeah, I, I will point out she pulls out some sort of like almost like a sickle look, looking weapon. Yeah, so that was dis- disappointing. I was hoping for a Buster Sword. Yeah, it's like okay, come on. <laughs> we get a we get a traditional Chinese straight sword. I forget what it's called. Um, by uh, uh, Odo there, and she pulls out yeah, what looks to be almost a um kaposh, I believe, or not a kaposh. What's that thing called? Um, it's a it's a type of Egyptian sword almost. Oh, okay. I forget the spelling, and even though I've played Dying Light and Assassin's Creed Origins, and they both have that same thing. I think it's... No, I don't remember now. So yeah, we get the we get the commercial break again, and then it, we cut back to the fight. And... Okay, okay, sorry, I found it, I found it, my bad. I... Sure. Kopesh, I believe that's what it's called. I'll type it in the uh, chat there for you. I think it's, I think that's what it's called. Or at least that's how you pronounce it. Oh yeah, yeah, that definitely looks like it. Similar, at least. Oh no, it yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah, no, it literally just looks like that blade type curve. There's such a thing called curve blade. There, that makes sense. Yeah, so we get some of their their fighting there. Yeah, poor poor Ang has like a smile on his face. He's he's so excited, like just yay, they're actually listening to me. <laughs> and of course, yeah, the tables turn, um, because he gave them a bad idea. Yep. Harsh words aren't so bad instead of action. Fair enough. Yeah, and as the two representatives go to, I guess, uh, kind of a fight to the death, Aang has to interrupt. Yeah, it's it's that. And we actually almost sort of see how they... I'll give them this. They, they kind of give a, a good... 
I guess they do some uh, what's that? What's that called? Not informative expo- exposition, but like you, you, you kind of you kind of get. I mean, they're obviously it's snobs versus slobs, but like you get a <laughs> distinction of like how these two people fight or people's fight, or you can see like uh, the Zhang's uh, two-handing this weapon of theirs, and then fighting like you know i guess more aggressively and whereas the wajins they fight with like one-handed almost and very uh, what is it very very stylish slash um cool um calm in a way if that makes sense Uh, you might be reading into it a bit much but i guess i can kind of see that (laughs) i i certainly am Uh, and after they like trades weapon blows or blade locks we find that like two of their pieces of hair fall apart <laughs> oh but ang has to to step in and and uh you know stop the fight and what he does is he slams down his uh what, what's that called again the air glider or his air glider his air staff air staff yeah he gets really annoyed like like really annoyed and and what what blows him up of course is uh well as he sends everybody back with his like shockwave attack um they all like get onto their feet, whatever. They all fall back on their rears. But what comes out of uh, all their backpacks and or on their person of items or personal items, excuse me, food. Yep. Big old bounce of food. And at first he's choked, but then he notices it. It almost looks like custard or something. Some sort of everybody pie. go to 1735. Great image right there. Uh, is that of his expression? That's his expression, yeah. One of my favorite parts of this episode, where he all of a sudden is just like he's yeah, so hungry, the... he needs something, and he he wants that. But <laughs> the big eyes, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, poor big old anime innocent eyes. Yeah, but he's not the only hungry one. As we pan away from that, we saw all of a sudden see bleeding out of the side of the canyon. Of course, are the crawlers. Yep, our buddies, the nasty-looking uh, bug guys, and uh, the guide is not too uh, keen on being part of the food chain and eaten. <laughs> and uh, after the minutes, they're coming for him. <laughs> no, they they certainly has. Perhaps who knows? And um, but in that moment, we see aside, we see Char and Sokka quickly forgiving each other. Yeah. Oh, that's that's just terrible. It's honestly, terrible. <laughs> And then the fight scene ensues. Fight scene ensues where we get like just Aang slapping a bunch of sand in their face, not sandbending at all, <laughs> avoiding all of them, and then once again coming down with a shockwave, smacking them all apart. Yeah, and I don't know if I have too much to say about this action scene. I mean, it's it's fine, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's pretty stupid that, uh, once again, I mean, the limitations of it being like on a kid's network or a, a, a kid dominate not dominate but a, a kid oriented network or, excuse me centric yeah. whatever you're gonna work um is we we clearly have two characters that have weapons but like bladed weapons and you can't show them like slicing things apart unless they were robots yeah and we only see the monsters eating the food not eating the people and yeah they like grab part of their their clothing and that's it and yeah. heck one of the crawlers like grab like mouth grabs one of the blades like their blades you'd think that would make them bleed but nope that ain't happening <laughs> uh but yeah ang notices that they're definitely attracted to the food so they use that to kind of distract their little buddies 
You actually see a scene there of like the boomerang returning, which is kind of nice. Just like it's a it's a it's a little like a, a quick sequence, but I was just like, wow, that was that was fast. We also see Char try to use the well, you successfully use a water whip on one's trying to you know attack some people, but then another one comes along and like just you know I guess runs into her water and causes it all to spray down onto the on the the. What, uh, what do you call it on the ground there yeah so they managed to wrangle all of our little canyon crawler dudes they put bags over their mouths so they don't bite them oh you know what they look like sorry sorry stupidly random random thing also it's manes you're thinking of perhaps i think it's like manes kind of like a lion's mane yeah i could see that they look like giant mosquitoes <laughs> like giant mos- mosquitoes <laughs> yeah giant mosquitoes uh i guess i can see, i guess i can see it somewhat yeah that are like leatherheads if that makes sense like wingless leatherheads mm. that's more what they look like okay that, i like that uh but they make their they make their escape and the two tribes are like oh hey you know we fought we fought together and you fought okay i fought okay maybe we're not so different let's in the end this. yeah yeah let's let's uh let's go our separate ways and leave and, yeah and uh katara and soccer are looking super cocky like oh of course like how could you ever think that you weren't nothing's going away <laughs> like uh they're they're or, no sorry uh, we feel like we've accomplished something here nothing bad can go wrong because there's only like what is it four minutes left of scrub <laughs> or maybe three minutes left of of a uh, runtime yeah i guess i should point out it was the uh the was it Zhang's? Yeah, we were the Zhangs who was trying to, you know, build a bridge there. But the old Ganjin, um, up his own rear guy, is like, nope, no peace for me. You guys. Uh... Too bad we can't rewrite history. <laughs> yep. So he breaks out the blade again, but someone else is uh, deciding they can't rewrite history. Yep. Because in that moment, as they. Cause... Tara and Sokka really didn't go into it with Aang, other than, like, imprisonment and all this stuff. So maybe, maybe that was just a setup there for him to think about it. And then they bring up, again, just go right into, like, you did this to us. They explain literally, like, what happens now and not beforehand. And then Aang's just like, wait a minute. I know those two. Yeah, coincidentally, he was there 100 years in the past. Well, I mean, he's, well, as he said, uh, hard to believe, but I'm actually 112 years old. Yeah, but instead of being, uh, you know, these kind of uh, established, I guess one's a thief and one's kind of like a religious figure or something, some sort of... And or like a nobleman, if if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, they were twin brothers and they were toddlers, (laughs) basically. (laughs) And um, at first, I love the initial part. It's kind of before 21, 27. I think it's like around the... 21 minute mark but they they first do the two styles that we saw beforehand uh, they yep. like split down the middle really good i like that then they shift that to when he says like two brothers and then they look like i guess normal kind of normal the, the normal style in the throughout the episode um and then they go to chibi and i re- i the, the chibi stuff looks adorable that's all i can say yeah they got the cartoon mountains everything looks like it's drawn with crayon except for their our two figures Yep. Yep. Yeah, and the panda the panda even shows up. Yeah, that's some definite anime stuff going on. <laughs> ah, that that's fair, but I, I also it's weird it's a panda. I guess that's supposed to be hey bye. Oh, Cuz it is hey bye. Yeah, no that makes sense. 
Yeah, he's a referee. Black and white. No, that makes sense. That, oh, that's that's a great reference. Nice. Say <laughs> bye came back. Sweet. <laughs> with a silly little hat. Um, yeah, with a silly little birthday hat on, it seemed. Yeah, and it turned out there wasn't some orb that needed to be uh, taken across. It was a game called Redemption. It almost could have been like... If, if you were a kid and you were like making using your imagination and you were like, you know, just just being imaginative created and making everything more than it seemed, you could have treated the game as I'm calling this my sacred orb yeah. uh, and you have to go to that other side and just making it more epic than it should be. Like, that's a little kid thing to do. That almost seems kind of adorable uh, and what would have happened. Um. And then, like, they could have told these stories of, like, oh, I went to the other side, but then my twin brother, dastardly twin brother, like, got it on my hand. Again, it's it actually, funny enough, it seems like something, like, little kids would come up with. Uh, and you could call it cute. Yeah, and Aang is a kid after all, so it makes sense. And it'd be so funny if he had added that, and then the two tribes look completely embarrassed, and it's just, like, we were fooled <laughs> into, like, this whole feuding bit by, like, two kids, you know, like, fantasy stories. My goodness, we feel like idiots. Yeah, and I don't know if you can see what I'm looking at, but uh, I just I can't stand any time they cut back to Aang and Katara and Sokka are back there. That I mean, the faces are always the weakness. With the I Army saw League. their faces, but it's just bad. Like that's some bad stuff. Fair, fair enough. I, I I saw them. I thought them they were a little goofy, but it didn't like turn me off or anything like that. Like you you are. <laughs> I do like that the uh, the leader of the. Uh, the Zhangs has her little one of her little her pony. Bra- her uh, her buns or her braids are basically just like one of them's cut off. Her left side is cut off. <laughs> I like that. At least the, the attention to detail. Oh, and there's Appa at like twenty two thirty one before that bit as well, where he's back again. What happened to him? Who knows? He's probably again. Whatever happened to him is for fan fiction writers to talk about and write about. And I'm sure Captain Zolt was involved anyway. Yeah, but they they say they're united as one tribe but somehow. I guess. Uh, yeah, no, instantly like that. They're just like we put an end to this. Oh, this story, we completely buy it. <laughs> yep, no, they're and they're just like we're gonna go to Bossing Say as as one tribe now. Interesting, and so is the uh, so is the uh, the guide. The guy is also just sick of it. He's just like, I can't, I can't take it. This, this is, I'm sick of this place. I don't want to be here anymore. And fair <laughs> enough. Like, yeah, what whatever that means for the the amount of tourists or you know travelers through this land. Who who knows what that's going to look like <laughs> in the future? And uh, if if he really if if he now has caused a lot of people to be killed by those canyon crawlers if they go down there, I assume they wouldn't unless it was for like you know tourist purposes and not so much for, i mean unless they were hiding away from the fire nation who knows um but at least there should be a sign there from now on that says and or reads uh don't bring food in there or else you'll be eaten okay he didn't think about it and neither did the writer john o'brien because that's he- true they all left, and he left too. He's like, "We gotta get out of this episode." <laughs> yeah, and then uh, all of a sudden, Ang is drops a bomb on uh, everybody as well because everything, all the speculation I went into, well, it's just spe- pure speculation, just because. Well, go ahead and say it. Yeah, it was all bunk. It was all made up. I mean, it's obviously. all a child's <laughs> fantasy. A hundred and twelve-year-old's child's fantasy. Let's put it that way lightly i guess yeah it was just like oh these guys seem like a bunch of suckers they had some kind of dumb 
uh, conflict, so I gave them a story to, you know, that a sucker would believe. <laughs> and they all fell for it. Yeah, they all fell for it. <laughs> it really was me, Austin. It was me all along. <laughs> yeah, so then that's that's basically the episode. I mean, there's nothing really more to, yep. uh, to add. Sokka's stunned. Guitar's like, you did not. Like, she almost seems impressed. That's That's interesting. Yeah, do you think it's a little out of character for uh, for old Aang to lead with deception? <laughs> so, as everybody knows, at uh, the end of the episode, um, this one's not a particularly good one for uh, by fans. This is probably the worst Avatar episode um, in the entire series. Mm. As ap- apparently, according to fan- the fandom, this is the worst one ever. Like, this is filler among filler. Like even more, this is like pure filler, excuse me, because yeah. at least you have Boomy returning for uh, other episodes later on down the line. And again, you could say, well, that really didn't do anything. Um, the, and and you'd think that this is going to be like another Jet episode where we learn a valuable lesson uh, about radicalism. But in, in, in instead, it's you know just literally this side story that the the gms were just like okay we need ang and tar and Sokka to do something here let's throw a bunch of tribes that are bickering amongst each other and uh see how he handles it go yeah i guess trying to tell a story about i don't know what it's so simplistic it's hard to even really extrapolate it out well you know snobs versus slobs i guess i don't know (laughs) i think it's more like I was going to say it's more about like, don't judge people for their differences, take them for who they are. But then we have that whole weird myth story. Is it supposed to be like, don't trust your ancient myths? I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, it's just silly. So what, what, what is it that you initially first liked about this episode? Oh, it was definitely the animation of those two sequences. And I liked kind of the, the silly story. I just thought it was kind of a fun break. Or we'd seen up to that point, we'd had some more kind of darker episodes. So I was like, hey, you know, I don't mind. We need a filler one almost with lightheartedness. And you certainly got your wish. Yeah, and I will point out for anyone um, who didn't listen to that commentary. I like shotgun this series when I watched it the first time. I was going like maybe like 13 episodes a day just because I had to, to get through it as quick as I could. <laughs> Me sometimes as well. And so watching it in that sequence, the episodes kind of blended together. So maybe that's why I didn't realize how bad this one was <laughs> you don't say but like i said i still like some of the bits with the guide you know i like that bit when he's like they got a taste of me now they're coming back for me <laughs> that kind of I'm being hunted i'm I, they got my scent i can't <laughs> leave and yeah some of the animation i still enjoy um so i i can give it that little bit but overall i would say this is the worst episode we covered so far by by quite a bit so what would you have done um if you you still had to do this this scenario which by the way i feel like this is a stock like tv show episode because they did almost a very similar thing in my little pony friendship is magic and maybe one day i'll get to that one but that one was i don't want to say worse but that was more problematic because it was over it was in a similarly like desert-ish town but it had to do with a clearly like cowboy like town and a clearly um what do you call it free use 
um, representatives of indigenous people mm. and how this town was clearly built on indigenous land. I'm not even kidding you. This is in the first season. And <laughs> literally they have two characters go side with each uh, tribe or with each like, you know, group. Um, and I'm just like, okay, I've seen this before. It was literally in the divide, except this was more like upfront about like what the, what the real world ties are. Whereas this was not, um, and that one was problematic. I'll say that. I won't say I hate it. I just say like, cause there were some good jokes that came out of it, but well, this... I'll just say, cause you asked uh, what, what could you do to fix it? Number one, get rid of my favorite part of the episode, which is the Wei Jin versus Jin Wei plot. Just completely excise that. You, you do not need it at all. Okay. Don't even give a reason behind their uh, their differences except for the surface crap that we see. Okay. And maybe build more into why Sokka and Katara side with each group instead of just one one little very short stupid scene. <laughs> That's one of my the big problems with this episode is they don't feel like themselves at all. This is true. They're very out of character. Yeah, hugely. Could hmm. What are you suggesting? Perhaps they don't know each other. They're both towns of, or they're both, uh, they're, they're both groups of similar background of the fire nation has destroyed their, their villages and the refugees now. And they all, they're both are making their way to the, uh, the bossing say, and they have to cross the great divide. Are you suggesting that they're unrelated and there's no story at all like there's no there's no bitter uh, uh, prior backstory and or feud no you could still have that just make it more like reputation like like i don't okay. judge a book by the cover like oh like we hate these these uh these jangs because they're these filthy like um i was gonna say savages what's a true oh, filthy like marauders or something out there yeah Not these are marauders. these are snobs or these are slobs and we're the snobs yeah and then yeah maybe you can make the other ones Maybe they didn't even initially have a, the the Zhangs. Maybe initially don't have a conflict with the Zhangshin, but then they're like, "Well, like, how dare you judge us? Like, you guys are like wealthy scum, <laughs> you know." Have I'm seeing a, a class distinction rather than I'm I'm style. there. You go. That's that's perfect. Um, even though people might hate that as well, because I mean, people are gonna side with the ones who are clearly the underdogs, and that would probably be the Zhang. So you'd have to really like hammer the point like hammer the point home that they're both on equal footing here yeah because people don't like the higher class get remember that <laughs> yeah definitely be more of a writing challenge and maybe john o'brien just couldn't i mean maybe who knows maybe the the avatar staff were like hey we want a lighter kind of sillier one here give us what you got so who who can judge and here's a stock episode idea yeah yeah um, no, I see what you mean, where it's like, so there's no prior history, but as they're traveling along in the Great Divide, and it takes a little longer uh, than the episode shows it, because it's like a day, maybe it takes a few days, because it's like a winding path, and maybe uh, the, somehow the, I could have even been darker as well, where the um, canyon crawlers actually capture the, capture the, the guide, and also get Aang's staff, even though Aang's 
No, because Aang could still just jump out because he has airbending. So that's that's also a problem. Like, how do you restrict Aang on the ground? You'd also have to have him, like, break a leg. Oh, golly, that'd be scary as well. Like, he breaks a leg. Um, so he's he's hindered there. Um, heck, it almost be... I'm just making the episode more darker than it sounds because <laughs> now you have, like, it's, it's survival horror in a way of, like, you have these creatures that come out during food... And you also have the fact that people have to starve for food. So it's like, well, how do you do this? You have to almost have to like lay traps down. But anyway, you have no prior history. And as like these tribes are, are you know, going along the Great Divide, they start getting class differences come up and like lifestyle differences uh, arise. And oh, you do it this way. You guys are, you guys seem like um, you're barbarians or something like that. You live off the land instead of living off technology or something like that, whatever it is. Mm. You're messy. You're not messy. You know what I mean? And so there, there is no... His, so that could have maybe worked. How they would have resolved that is as another thing. But yeah, they could have... The episode could have gone dark again if they if they wanted to. Yeah, um, and that, that would have felt more in tone with this season. Because this episode, I mean, it it's just way cartoonish compared to what we've seen so far. <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't know how uh, they would have wrapped it up. That's my question. Uh, maybe a similar idea. I I don't know. Um, of like they they hug the canyon walls instead. They they, they can crawl up the can't live with their namesake. Um, yeah, maybe they could have had their uh, reach their fighting point earlier in the episode, and that put them all at a disadvantage, and they had to band together to finally like get to the climax and rope these. Uh, the spider dudes or the, or the canyon crawlers yeah maybe that would have been better if they had to like the mostetes they they they, they would have gotten them uh instead yeah actually having to work for it as a group rather than just ang souping in and saving the day yeah literally just like literally handicapping him by breaking his leg or arm or whatever um showing how oh yeah you show how like injured they are you just put through all the avatar it's not even that he's the avatar it's the fact that he can airbend that's that's the problem because he can literally just like jump rocks within a single bound so it's like right there he has a way of escaping of course you'd also have to say he dropped the bison whistle somewhere maybe gets it back later on because again he could have used that but they probably forgot about that oh yeah they forgot unless it was literally unless it was in the it it was still in the satchel but he should have had that on him if Appa was gone. And also he uses that later on. I, I have to mention that as well. He uses that later on. Uh, so it's not like it's forgotten completely forever. He uses it again. Oh, uh, but I guess did we are, did we already kind of give our final thoughts? It kind of seemed well, like, I guess maybe you yeah. didn't. I, I feel like I kind of did. Well, for, well, again with Aang completely immature to come up with that, um, that lie <laughs> or completely in character. How about that? Is that in character for him to do? Um, or is he fighting on the same level, like using the same tactics as these guys are? Because they're all acting childish. Okay. He was just kind of like, again, he was kind of, these are just silly people. I'll just tell them some really terrible lie that maybe they'll believe, maybe they won't. <laughs> then they believe it. And show how, stu- like, show how not well read people are. I was going to call them stupid, but like how people really can let a. Um, a feud get rid of their common sense or blind their common sense yeah yeah about uh, thanks to things that happened to people that they never knew hundreds of years in the past that could very well be misinterpreted yeah let that guide your whole worldview 
That's great. <laughs> this is true. So I, I think if people say he's out of line or he's acting out of character, I don't think he is. I, I think he's acting perfectly within character, even though I've been trying to say like he's, uh, he, he is like a, a master airbender or whatnot, but that was maybe because he was avatar. I have no idea, but because again, he has the arrow for that signifies mastery over the element, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty sure he's acting his age. He's they, they're literally acting his age. It seems. So he just comes up with a lie and they come up with it. Does it have dire consequences? Well, the show never goes into that. So no, as far as I'm aware, maybe fan fiction writers, bring that up and cause that to happen. But like, again, that's fan fiction, not real fiction. And this is the show. So no, but could he have handled it better? I don't know. Probably again, fan fiction writers have probably found a way to do that, but you'd have to fundamentally change the episode itself. So I think he made an okay judgment call. Cause you know, but I guess it just goes to show that the, the show does need to give us the fact that Aang also needs to settle like, you know, common, uh, com- common person's disputes. Yeah, I, I guess that's fair. I mean, I feel like maybe we've seen some of that already, but this is true. Can I bring up examples right now? Not at the moment. Um, I have to really think. Um, if I if I had our episode list open in front of us, but I guess we should probably end this one pretty quick here. So I guess <sighs> I've certainly, hopefully, given uh, my my opinion of this. Um, well, yeah. What is my yeah final thoughts? It's probably. <laughs> I don't just want to go with everybody, but I guess I will just say this is complete filler. And would I come back to it? No, maybe I will, but just to be a completionist and watch the entire series. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, of course we'll come back to it at some point. <laughs> I mean, when you watch a series, you have to deal with yeah, the when I rewatch the series again after, well, after this, you know, comes out, I, I, I'd still watch it. I don't know if uh, there are probably lots of people who would just skip this episode and probably other episodes as well. I have no idea That's just personal preference. Um, yeah, this, and going off my lip, what I just listed off or what we listed off of ideas that could have been, it does frustrate me more that there could have been, that there is press, like there is an idea here that they could have done, but this is just like first draft material. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Clearly they weren't putting too much thought in it. So not, well, I don't even know that. I don't want to, I don't want to say like they were writing, they, they were, they were lazy on this one. I I don't know what happened because I, I can't say I, I didn't do any back research on this. So I have no idea to judge. Yeah. We don't, we don't know the, the, the elaborate backstory that happened. <laughs> Maybe you and I are going to be <laughs> you right now. You and I are divided because I I'm just like, I don't know what happened. And then you're like, no, I know exactly what happened. They're just lazy or they, they're, they're dumb. I have no idea. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what happened with it. It's just, we, we've seen throughout the show that they can put a lot of effort into their writing and give us some really good plots. Yeah. This one's just so haphazard. Maybe something happened with the script and it just never really got the polish it needed or something. Yeah. Or the time just ran out. And I mean, do you know who John O'Brien is? Was, did he, was he on here before? I feel like he was. I actually didn't do that research. I didn't even know okay. who wrote it until we got to the very end. So oh, there you go. I guess I can quickly do that up, but yeah, we are <laughs> getting pretty long here. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe he was like just a TV regular guy, not like uh, avatar team writer. And said, just working on this team, who knows, or just working for television in general. I have no idea. Oh, wow. Now he's been, he's been on it for, yeah, did a lot of stuff. Never mind. 
he keeps writing all the way to the end. And yeah, we did see him on the King of Omashu and the Waterbending Scroll. Okay, so one that, again, people thought was forgettable, the King of Omashu, and then one that actually had precipent, which was the Waterbending Scroll. Yep. Yeah, still important. Will Chitara ever get her betrothed necklace? But if you, your family, friends, inner circle, whatever have you, um, are visiting the Great the Great Canyon, excuse me, the Great Canyon, that's a combination between the two, <laughs> and you end up somehow stuck on the bottom of the canyon, the bottom floor, in a somewhat like, you know, wild E. Coyote fashion, um, how do you get out exactly? That's my question. Like, how do you make a pulley system unless you like have to free climb that? That's that's really weird. And do you start bickering with your family over how to actually that's, that was a plot of a TV show called like something Canyon. It was on like a Teltune at night, I believe. Crash Can? No, I don't remember what it was called. Now I just realized that. Um, but yeah, do you do you guys start bickering over your family or do you like put put your differences aside and your your your, your aggressive aggressive tendencies aside and and work together? Uh, and when the situation calls for it in this dire. Who knows? Only you can answer that in the moment. Thank you <laughs> and peace. Yeah, I think I do remember that show that you're talking about. Now that you now that you mention it, I, it just Sounds randomly familiar. came up to me. I was just like, "Crash Canyon," I think it was called. I don't remember now. Whoops. Mm. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Let me just look it up quickly right now. I'm right here. So, I was right. It was called Crash Canyon. Yeah, it was from. Okay, that's right. It, it's from uh, 27 episodes, 2011 to 2013. Two two nominations for awards. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if I ever watched this, but I certainly remember it coming out. Yeah, it'd be interesting. That's that's all I got. To, that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna quickly cut in. Yeah, go since ahead. you mentioned uh, Egypt, last night on my Halloween playlist, I watched The Mummy's Curse from 1940. Maybe maybe it's just 1940. Yeah, um, definitely recommend that as a fun little Universal Monsters movie. A number of shots were directly lifted for the. Uh, Stephen Summers adaptation. And um, I was surprised to see they lifted so much from that little sequel. Um, they definitely lift some parts from the first one, but quite a bit from that sequel. So so anyway, that was just my random little little note since you brought it up. <laughs> Fun movie. Check it out. What technically is the Avatar? Because they're not, they're not a government, but they do natural order. So whatever that is. Um, a chosen one, perhaps. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I mean, what do you what do you call that? I mean, what was Neo or what was uh, Luke? Not a hope. It <laughs> <laughs> was well, he was a new hope, that's for sure. And in, in that in that film, I don't know.
Oh man, I was thinking the other day, this is kind of off topic from Avatar, but I can't remember if we ever brought up in the prequels how stupid it was, the fact that Luke Skywalker is named that and that Lucas didn't name Anakin something else. What do you mean? Like Anakin shouldn't have been named Anakin Skywalker. Because it would have been like, if you're trying to hide his kid, give him a different name. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, I mean, he already made up Anakin like Skywalker in... Uh, during his writing process of like for four, I I'm pretty sure that that's real. That's not like a he said that after the fact. It still just seems when you're in the writing stage, someone would be like, "Hey George, maybe maybe he shouldn't be named Anakin Skywalker because wouldn't it have been immediately clear that Luke was his son?" And and <laughs> even better, he has an out. He has an out. Anakin's a slave. Why would you give? Okay, maybe maybe I'm wrong on this, but why would you give slaves last names? Yeah, I guess that's yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, yeah, I don't really know what people do with the slave thing there. I yeah, I don't know either. But like he had an out, he had a had a way, like Anakin from Tatooine. Yeah. Like closest the closest last name Luke could have had was well, was Luke Amadala. <laughs> yeah, that would I feel like that would have been even more obvious. <laughs> how many Amadalas are running around on Tatooine. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, that's besides the point yet. The Great Divide. Oh. Also, did we get to that as well? I, stupid question, but did, did we get to the fact that there is no slavery on Tatooine when we get to 4? Uh, no, I I don't think we ever talked about that either. These are things to bring up when we do our... No, that was, that was after the fact. Son of a gun. These are things to bring up when we do our makeup Star Wars commentary one day. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but I gotta... Yeah, no, what the hey, Lucas? You forgot... A, you've... <laughs> He forgot a lot of things. Nice retroactively putting it in. This is why you never make. Well, I don't say never make prequels, but good grief, that's that's absurd. That's why my new nickname for him is George Butterfingers Lucas. <laughs> he certainly buttered the bed, as they say. <laughs> oh, the bed. <laughs> Who wants butter in their bed? Like that's 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 not that's not cool. That's why he buttered yeah, the bed. That's, that sounds. <laughs> well. But, but anyway, the Great Divide, here we are. Yeah, we're going to be divided on this one. <laughs> yeah, we, we might not be. I mean, yeah. No, okay, this... yeah, yeah, this is true. 